Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I am your host, Keelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. Today, we are very excited to welcome a guest to the podcast, McKenna Fulmar. McKenna is a wedding planner, the owner of Events by McKenna, and a published children's author who lives in Los Angeles with her husband and their golden retriever. When she's not pregnant, which she currently is, she can often be found (laughs) sipping margaritas. McKenna, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. You're excited to have you. (laughs) I want to thank each and every listener who's tuning in today, wherever you might find yourself. We are just so glad that you decided to join us. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? My rose and thorn are tied together in a bittersweet experience. So the bitter part of the thorn is that I came to the end of a book that I've been reading, David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. Um, It is always sad to complete a novel in which you have journeyed far and wide with the characters, shared their joys and their (laughs) frustrations, their sorrows, and so forth. At the same time, the rose was finishing David Copperfield. And for two (laughs) quite different reasons, actually. Um, First is that it was an absolutely beautiful ending. I actually wept multiple times in reading the final pages. Wow. Um, Soaked soaked up some handkerchiefs. So, yeah. And uh, (laughs) second, because this book in particular is actually one that I remember seeing in middle school and thinking, who on earth would read that huge book. <laughs> I had no cognitive category for even imagining how or why someone would subject themselves to such a long book. So even though I have already um, developed a taste for long novels, this particular book and I have a unique history. So mm-hmm. um, it's a poignant example of how I have grown and matured over the years. Mm. Exciting. I love the glowing review. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> <Yes. too. laughs> it makes me want to read it. <laughs> You definitely shall. Mm-hmm. All right. So McKenna, what about your thorn and your rose? Oh, I have had a really good week so far, but I have had back to back to back to back to back weddings. Mm-hmm. And so as wonderful as that is, um, I'm very worn out. So <laughs> I am very grateful for a weekend off with Easter. My house is full of eggs. I went to Target yesterday and got all the things for egg dyeing. And so you know, thorn, I'm pretty tired, but Rose, it's going to be a really peaceful weekend. Lovely. Mm -hmm. I assume this is probably a pretty busy time for weddings, isn't it? Like spring and summer, right? Yeah. We're kind of in it full-fledged and it's funny because every year it kind of changes. Like last year I had no weddings in March and this year I had weddings every weekend. And so it's just, it's fun. March is a good month to get married. Yeah, it is. It's a great month to get married. 
All right. So as of for, for my thorn, um, at the time of this recording, we are still in our first week here in our new apartment. And so of course, as anyone who's ever moved before will know, there's been a fair amount of just making do for the time being and forgetting essentials here and there. And one essential we forgot were mugs. So for oh. a couple of days, we've been drinking our coffee out of bowls. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, just until our mugs arrive, you know, which is mostly, it's just awkward is what, it, you know, but there, there are certainly worse ways to try to drink coffee. So we're making do. <laughs> It'll be a nice memory to laugh yes. at later. Yeah. <laughs> But my rose this week was getting to try out a new church that we really loved. And it's a really beautiful church in a lovely location, wonderful congregation, great teaching. So it feels like it could definitely be a church that we would keep on returning to. So we are very happy about that. That's awesome. All right. (laughs) So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of planning a fairy tale wedding on a budget, which I'm excited to hear McKenna's thoughts on. So here we go. I have lots of thoughts on this. Okay. I'm so excited. (laughs) I I assumed you would be the one who had the most thoughts. (laughs) All right. Dear Wallflower, I recently got engaged and I'm looking to start planning my wedding. We're still a ways out, but I'm beginning to play with ideas. Obviously, as with most women, I grew up with certain ideas of what my wedding might look like, informed by many an early 2000s rom-com. But as I've started talking to companies and getting quotes, I am starting to realize just how expensive a wedding can be. My fiance and I aren't poor by any means, but we're also not loaded. He's an entrepreneur and can provide for me, but something just doesn't feel right about having such an expensive wedding. There's something in me that says that spending that much money on one night of celebration isn't smart. But then all I hear from culture is that it's the most important day of my life, that all of my wedding dreams should come true, and that a wedding should be lavish and huge. I feel caught. Mm -hmm. How do I plan a wedding that I feel really happy with, a wedding that's beautiful and special to me, without spending a shocking amount of money? Any tips on planning the most important day of your life on a budget? Signed, an overwhelmed bride. All right, so McKenna, what are your thoughts for our writer today? Well, congratulations on getting engaged. That's my first thought. Like, cue the applause. So exciting. Um, This is the question that I get the most, I think, when wedding planning. And it's kind of the question I had, too, uh, when I started planning my wedding. Because, you know, being a wedding planner, I wanted to elope most of my, you know, adult life. Because I saw everything that happened at weddings and how much it cost. And it was like you know, maybe eloping is best. And Mm -hmm. of course I didn't. And I am so happy I didn't. The wedding, your wedding day is so special. And so I don't think it should be kind of glossed over or having that thought of, oh, is it just because it's on a rom-com? Is it really this big of a deal? Yes, it really is. And if you don't have a wedding, you will probably really regret it. And Mm so don't feel like you're being, you know, lavish, for wanting a wedding if you don't have a huge budget. 
but also you get what you pay for. If you book the cheapest vendors you can find, you are going to have a disastrous wedding day. And so budgeting is key, but also prioritizing is Mm -hmm. also key. Um, If you book the cheapest you can find with everything, it will be terrible for you. And so what I recommend when you're starting planning your wedding is sitting down with your fiance and going over finances and then saying, what are the three most important things to us? Like Akilia, when you got married, you, I'm sure you and Nathan talked, you said, you know, what actually matters to us? Mm-hmm. And then with that, you can say, okay, we care about flowers, food, and my wedding dress. And then you spend the most money on that. And then everything else, you can be a little bit more frugal in, um, but make sure you prioritize what matters because that's going to make you feel magical. And that's going to give you that magical feeling on your wedding day Mm. that you'll miss without. Yeah, that's a really good thought. I think, because I think a lot of people, when they go into wedding planning and they start seeing how how much everything costs, they might start to go, I need to cut every single corner Mm -hmm. that I can possibly cut. And I understand that feeling, but at the same time, you do want to be able to um, look back on your wedding day and go, it was magical and it was a really special day. And yeah, we did spend some money, but it's on these memories and, and mm-hmm. this really special you know, union that it, it makes sense to spend a little bit of money just to have a beautiful day. And it's not something that's a waste. I you know, budgeting is one of the biggest, you know, things about planning a wedding. It's the first thing you do. And I had a wedding groom that booked me six months ago and they had, you know, a number. They were like, this is our number. And they told me their number. And I, in my head, I was like, okay, this is possible, but not, you, they're going to be really frugal. And so I toured them everywhere and they hated everything because it was, you know, it was not bottom of the barrel, but it wasn't luxury. And they called me a week ago and they were like, we're going to add $20,000 to our budget because wow. so they went from 35 to almost 60. And they were like, the bride was like, I just feel so bad. I've never spent this money on anything besides my college. And I was like, you can't have a the wedding you want for less than 40 here. And so, <laughs> and I told them, I was like, if you're spending 35, you might as well spend 60. And so that's just the kind of the wedding world. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's California prices, I guess. That's California prices. (laughs) And so I don't think you should feel guilty for spending a lot of money on a wedding because it's not only it's, it's the biggest day of your life. It's the biggest Mm. party you're ever going to have. And it's celebrating the biggest decision you're ever going to make. Yeah. And you're supporting local vendors too. Like every vendor you book, you are supporting them and their families and their dream jobs. And so it's a blessing to everyone involved. Hmm. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Jessica, do you have any thoughts right now? Well, I do. Um, I'm taking it all in as well as I feel like McKenna, <laughs> McKenna and I, especially since she's a wedding planner, we may have slightly different opinions on some of this because <laughs> she's in the business and I have had my own experience getting married and having a wedding that I really enjoyed. And it was a lot lower than what you said is typical for for a bride to to mm. spend. So I want to encourage those of our those of our um, listeners that maybe only have five or ten or fifteen grand to spend that it's possible to have a beautiful and memorable day mm. in that price range mm. as well. So hopefully, from my perspective, for those that are more in that line of thought, I will be able to give a little bit of um, hope to them. So yeah. first, 
I want to say that I'm so sorry that our bride is signing off as overwhelmed. Mm. Um, let me <laughs> let me assure her that every bride feels overwhelmed at some point. And I hope that we can help her dispel a bit of that and feel more at ease and also enjoy the process of planning for her wedding. Yeah, I also want to be mm-hmm. transparent about my own stance on weddings and wedding planning with relation to marriage. I fear that far too often people spend a shockingly disproportionate amount of time and effort and money on the wedding and the wedding planning compared to the preparation for their actual marriage. Thus, I want to caution our writer against looking to culture as a gauge for normal or what she ought to do. Hmm. That's a really good point. Really fast. I, you said like, you know, people spend money on, on actually just like the celebration versus preparing for marriage. I feel like part of like your wedding planning budget needs to go to like premarital counseling, honestly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that'd be not a great just idea. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but the thing is you don't want to start your marriage broke because Yeah. There's a lot to be said for marriage enrichment. There's so much that you learn once you are married that you don't want to spend everything right up to the wedding. You Mm. have to recognize that you're going to want to take retreats together and get away or vacations or spending time in whether that's, you know, counseling and or coaching think things that help you to build into your relationship. And I think it's, it's hard for people just meant entering marriage to imagine that they're going to want to need that because they, they feel so fairy tale and, you know, butterflies and everything about it at the beginning. It's hard to imagine, you know, need, needing that down the road, but those things are so important to like getting away from, from the everyday, the norm to really invest in your marriage. So that's just one, you know, piece of something to keep, keep in mind. So anyway, we can already see from her letter that she's suspicious of the general cultural trend. And I think that's Mm -hmm. good to see. She admits that um, something doesn't feel right about having an expensive wedding. And I would tell her, yeah, listen to that feeling. And while I do think that there is value to making your wedding day special, and part of that is for your own enjoyment, while the other is also to honor and serve your guests who are coming, I also think that there are ways to have a lovely wedding without spending a regrettable amount of money. Yeah. And for every person, that figure Mm -hmm. is different, you know? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And first, uh, I want to address a couple of the messages that she's hearing from culture and where they are misguided um, before kind of getting into some practical advice. So first is this message that it's the most important day of your life. While your wedding day is certainly something wonderful that you will remember fondly forever and is the start of your union to your soon-to-be husband, it's not the most important day of your life in the way that would justify having such an expensive wedding. Let me clarify just a bit more. It is an enormously significant day, so don't mishear me, Uh, but it's more important to invest time and money in your relationship, in your marriage, the thing that's going to last past that day, than it is to make that one day as lavish as possible. Again, it is an important day, but don't lose sight of what it's actually for. Hmm. Yeah, because I think putting that label on it can end up kind of pressuring people into going like, well, I I guess I need to do every single thing I can to make it extra, extra special. And then they might end up regretting some of the choices that they make. Mm -hmm. If they're putting that kind of label on it of it needs to be the most special day I've ever had, you know? 
Yeah. And it, it will be in a lot of ways, especially because it's so different. I remember kind of having tunnel vision yeah. at different points. Cause it's just like, Whoa, this is so bizarre. And I'm actually living this day. And yes, you're going to remember a lot of amazing <laughs> things, but you're also going to forget a lot of it because so much of it is just so surreal. So there's a, you know, kind of a sake of a, a sense of balance to have with that. Um, so the second message from culture that I drew out of her letter is that all of my wedding dreams should come true. Now, I hope I don't offend our writer in any way by saying this, but this statement kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, it's just a perfect example of our culture's obsession, and I mean obsession, with weddings and little to no attention to building a healthy and lasting marriage. I mean, <laughs> look at the stats on divorce. It's just really sad um, to me that people don't invest more in their relationship. So, um, the emphasis also in, in that, in that statement, all of my wedding dreams should come true is focus on that, on the self, my dreams. I mean, yes, it is your day. It's you as a couple, you're getting married. It's the focus is on you. And yet it, I think I just, I just want to, I want to caution that we don't become too fairytale ask mm. about it, if that makes mm. sense. And let me just tie this into that last, mm. um, cultural message then is that a wedding should be lavish and huge. And my first order of business then is just to say, who says that it needs to be lavish and huge. I'm mm -hmm. sure we'd, we'd all love to be the princess with a palace or a castle filled with ball gowns and suits and flower arrangements, the size of armchairs and banquet tables <laughs> spilling over with lavish delicacies. But that is actually a fairy tale. That's not real life, at least not for 99% of the world. So I want to encourage our writer to consider the power of something done simply and something done well. Sometimes more just is more. And that can be true with both quantity and quality. So to ask our writer, what is your personality? You know, what can you make your wedding unique and special to you while keeping it simple and less spendy? And if I can just um, share a little smidgen of my own wedding story, since I'm an early bird and I just love the morning hours, we had a nine o'clock wedding and nine o'clock in the morning. Um, I used the same room for the ceremony and reception. And so since we had to switch it over um, from, you know, seating to like ta tables for, for brunch, a room flip, that's exactly <laughs> the terminology. Um, we had all the guests go into the foyer with, um, we had a tea time. So we had set out these little miniature uh, cookies or biscuits that my mom had made. And we did tea and we had classical music playing. And I think people just mingled and they loved it. It was just a lovely time for them. And uh, I made these um, table runners out of pages from paperback novels that I had put together. <laughs> and uh, just people who knew me, they're like, wow, that was just really, that was really Jessica. That was really you know, them. And so it was really just neat to find some, some ways to put our personality into the event and make it special for us and special for others mm. without needing to, um, I think as McKenna was saying, like finding those priorities, like where do you want to be spendy and where do you want to do things yourself? And that was one yeah. of those examples that we did for our, um, things ourselves. Now I fear that I, <laughs> I may merely be sounding a bit like a wedding Grinch at this point. <laughs> so I want to assure <laughs> I want to assure our listeners that I am all for crafting a beautiful wedding, both ceremony and reception. Uh, the point is that I'm desiring to um, emphasize just to keep things in proper perspective. So mm. if it's all right, I'll, I would love to finish up by just giving a quick couple of quick recommendations for how our overwhelmed bride can plan a wedding that is beautiful and special to her without 
spending a shocking amount of money. So first, um, as McKenna mentioned, determine what is beautiful and special to you and your fiance. This is something that you need to figure out for yourself um, and, and involve your fiance in the process as much as he wants to be. Some men love to be part of the process and some don't care as much. So you guys will know what's <laughs> right for you. Um, choose your reception location wisely. You know, as you've probably already seen, they can cost a lot of money, but you can find great deals without finding terrible places if you're creative. And this is going to differ a lot by where you are locationally too. So maybe even ask around friends that you have who've gotten married, where did they get married and how, you know, what kind of spending did they do? I think if people are open to sharing some of those numbers with you, it could be helpful to put some realistic price tags on things. Um, I would say don't overspend on photography. Um, you want to spend enough to get good photos for sure. But I think that people have started to realize they can charge a lot. And so <laughs> don't feel like you have to go for top dollar to get top photos. Um, yeah, maybe you will get top, top photos for top, top dollar, but um, you don't necessarily have to go to the way, way top. I think people often play the wedding business game because they know that they can ch- upcharge. So do do some research, spend spend a bit of time. Um, one thing you could do is do the flowers yourself. Some people don't want to touch that at all because they love well done flowers and that's totally fine. But, um, we had a January wedding and I decided baby's breath looks like snow. So let's do baby's breath and eucalyptus. And we just bought those things bulk and did really simple arrangements that were, um, I think elegant and refined. So, you know, considering what you can do yourself, what you might have friends be able to do for you. Um, you know, like we said, don't do everything that way, or you probably might end up with kind of a shoddy cobbled together sort of a thing Yeah, <laughs> if everything is done that way. But knowing what you can get creative on versus what you need to spend on is, is important. Yeah. And I'll just re- reiterate here at the end, what McKenna already said that, um, find out what you're willing to splurge on, because those are the things that you're going to feel glad that you did. You know, maybe mm. that's food, maybe that's food for you, or maybe, maybe the food doesn't matter as much to you. And it's, it's your dress or it's the photography, or maybe it's the the flowers. I feel like picking one to three things that really get your focus and the money is going to, um, be a wise decision as opposed to thinking you have to do that with everything. Yeah. So, Definitely. And I think that's where having like a pro planner can really help if you're looking to throw something like like a, a, a nice wedding that can really help having someone that kind of knows all of the different vendors and knows, you know, okay, this is how much is like kind of we can we can try to find for you that that you'll still have a beautiful wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I can do a little plug for someone like McKenna, we, I didn't think I would have a wedding planner because in my head, wedding planners were way out of my budget and so expensive, but we actually were able to find someone that gave us a great deal. And it was so much stress off of our plates on the day. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I would say that I learned that I didn't imagine that I would end up doing is that we didn't have to worry. Like my mom and I didn't have to be running the show. Um, and what a beautiful gift that that's really actually one thing I would recommend is because for the bride, if you really do want to remember your wedding day, it's better not to have to feel like you're running everything. So yeah, it's helpful for people like McKenna. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll just, I'll close out my, my little bit here by saying, you know, don't let the planning of your wedding day sabotage the beautiful season of engagement and preparation for a life of being married. One day, while so important and worthy of intention and care, shouldn't overshadow your investment in a life t- uh, lifelong relationship. 
Amazing. McKenna, you looked like you had some thoughts or ideas that you wanted to throw out. I think that we are on different sides of the scale of this projection, Jessica. I think we're very opposite. And it's probably great for the listeners because they're getting two very different opinions. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think that I feel like I'm in the business of making dreams come true. I feel like a wedding day is Disney on steroids. And I think every wedding, my favorite part is right before we walk down the aisle because the bride and groom are so excited and they're so nervous. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. And they get married and they come up from the aisle after getting married and they're just so happy. And then at the reception, when all the festivities are done, they've been in front of people, they've done all the things that have made them nervous and they're just relaxed and are staring into each other's eyes and are like dancing on the dance floor. And weddings are so much work and so much planning and so much effort, but they bring so much joy and so much happiness and so many fabulous memories. And so I think if our listener is worried about, you know, buying into the culture, I don't think that's what a wedding is. I think a wedding has been traditions in hundreds and hundreds of years of a huge celebration of the biggest decision you'll ever make. Mm. And so I think that it's worth putting an effort into it and finances that you're comfortable with behind it. And that number is different for everyone. And in California, it's hard to have a wedding for less than 40 grand. But in Oklahoma, where I lived for eight months, I mean, you could buy out a venue for $1,800 and it was beautiful. And then a cheaper wedding is possible because things are so much cheaper there than here. And so I think find the number that you're comfortable with, but spend that money guilt-free and have a wonderful wedding day. And the vendors you book, you know, prices can be different depending on your vendors. But when they come back with a number and you're like, wow, that's high, really investigate because, you know, people say, oh, well, they say it's a wedding and the price gets jacked. That's just not true. Um, wedding, wedding vendors work so hard and the prices they charge are worth their time because I don't think people understand how much love and work we put into it until their wedding's over. <laughs> They're like, yeah. oh, Wow. My florist worked so hard. My photographer ran around and she captured our wedding day so perfectly. And so I think that it goes um, both ways. People, the vendors and the workers in the wedding world that I've had worked with are the best people I've ever met. And they love their couples and they love their brides and we are here to support you. And so I think it's it's like Disney on crack (laughs) is a wedding day. (laughs) It's amazing. And so don't feel guilty putting effort behind it because you won't regret it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point that you brought up that, um, and I, I read this when I was, I, I've written, you know, articles about weddings and all that. And yeah, I, I read that, you know, throwing a wedding in say New York or mm-hmm. uh, California or anything like that, it's incredibly expensive. And then if you just kind of go to a a different state or even just Mm -hmm. a smaller town, you have a much easier time throwing a a much more, um, budget friendly Friendly. wedding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that that's definitely, that's a, that's a good tip for our overwhelmed bride. Um, I definitely understand the starter's feelings, especially 
with the image of what a wedding is supposed to look like that she grew up. I grew up with those same (laughs) rom-coms. I think most girls dream about their wedding. And when they finally get engaged and start figuring out how much their wedding day will actually cost, it's easy to get pretty overwhelmed and feel like there's just no way that you can possibly plan a day that you're happy with without spending, you know, your entire life savings. Um, but it's someone as someone who actually had what I now know is called a micro wedding Wedding. (laughs) at the time that was not, I didn't know that's what it was called. I just did it before it was, I did it before it was a trend. You set the trend. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I have a few thoughts on how you can save money and still throw a wedding that you will look back on fondly. So as both McKenna and Jessica already said, yes, I think you need to make a couple of lists. So I think you need to figure out what your non-negotiables are. Maybe Mm -hmm. you want the most beautiful pictures because those are the things that your kids and your grandkids are going to look at. So maybe that's the most important thing to you, or maybe your dress because you've always dreamed a specific type of a specific type of dress or maybe the food, just figure out a couple of things that are really, really, really important to you. And then you should write down the things that you have thought about having, but could do without if you needed to. So kind of the things that you feel like every bride is supposed to want, but when you think a little bit more about it, maybe you don't want it. So this might be a live wedding band, or it could be a huge five-tier custom-made cake. I just want to encourage our writer to be pretty thoughtful about the things that she puts on her non-negotiable list. Um, Next, I think it could be really helpful for her to cut down on the guest list. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that it feels like you're supposed to have hundreds and hundreds of people come to your wedding and, you know, you're this celebrity of the day, but if you're really looking to shave down the bill, I think that's just one of the best ways to do it is don't invite anyone that you don't really, really, really want there. And this means that you're going to end up spending less on food and also be able to find a smaller and cheaper venue. And she can definitely hire a wedding planner who's going to be able to be able to offer these prices and, and, you know, find prices that are within her budget and walk her through different options. And, you know, even Jessica said she still had a a wedding that was very personal to her and her wedding planner was able to capture that and, Mm -hmm. and help her, you know, create that day. Um, so I'm just going to go through a quick little list of, I think, things that are relatively common at weddings and then cheaper options that she can consider for each of these things. So maybe instead of a live band or a DJ, she can have a playlist. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, maybe instead of having a huge cake, her planner can order a few batches of custom-made cupcakes or really fancy donuts from a local bakery. Maybe instead of buying a brand new dress, she can find a dress online that's used or even just a pretty white dress that definitely works as a wedding dress. Maybe instead of having professional floral arrangements, she can have someone like her planner or her bridesmaids do what Jessica did and and grab a few, you know, dozen bouquets from the local flower shop. Maybe instead of renting out an expensive venue, she can get married at someone's backyard or a small church for a fraction of the price. Or one interesting thing I came across as I was thinking about this is she can rent out like an Airbnb mansion and that can (laughs) double, (laughs) that can like double as like the place for her wedding party to stay the night before and the venue that her 
planner can help get decorated. McKenna looks stressed by this. Maybe it's a bad idea. <laughs> it's so expensive to do that though, depending well, on where depends. you're at. It depends yeah. on where you're at. Not, not the house, not the house, because the house is a good idea, but to bring in rentals to fill the house, that's where your price oh, can jack yeah. up. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, be thoughtful of what you're bringing into the house, but it, it just, it definitely depends on where you are, but maybe instead of having a huge reception, her planner can rent out a private area of a really nice restaurant and she can have a really just beautiful, fancy, intimate meal with her family and her friends there. Of course, these are just ideas that I'm throwing out. And it obviously depends on what she has on her list of non-negotiables, which of these ideas could work for her. But all of that to say, I hope our writer is able to plan the wedding of her dreams. And I think with McKenna's advice, she will be able to keep the spending to a minimum. And lastly, congratulations on your engagement. Enjoy the process of planning your wedding. It's going to be over before you know it. All right. So it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So McKenna, what is your suggestion? I I don't know if mine can be linked, so I can switch it if you want me to. I was going to say that I enjoyed potting new plants this week and that I spent like two hours yesterday. I didn't get back to emails in the afternoon. I just potted plants and my house looks so fabulous now. And so that's something that I really enjoyed. There is nothing quite as beautiful as new plants in a home. My house has gone from an eight to a 10 because of these plants. Yes. We've been talking about getting some plants here, but Mm -hmm. in times past, um, plants and I have not mixed well. So I'm, I'm assuming you have a green thumb. I don't at all. Really? <laughs> but I get plants that you just can't kill. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And we went to the you farmer's kind of... market. Yeah. And we got a great deal. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of like Google, like hardest plants to kill. There's like a couple of really great house plants that. Yeah. No, I mean, I did that and I still, I managed. <laughs> I'm, I'm talented, I guess, in, in the wrong way here. <laughs> Well, don't give up. <laughs> yes, I, I won't. Honestly, plants are a wonderful suggestion. Um, Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? Well, um, no surprise. I'm going to go down the food route and say my new favorite chocolate cake recipe, um, which mm. is from the blog Minimalist Baker. This cake is so moist. It is really easy to make, and it's actually pretty much perfect, I feel like. Um, I will note, this is the tastiest chocolate cake that just so happens to be vegan. Um, wow. It's the kind, it's kind of thing that you just have to taste it to believe it because huh. not all vegan things are the most delicious. They can be, <laughs> but they have to be well-formulated recipes. And this one is particularly good. So um, I also made it for a friend's birthday recently and the feedback was absolutely terrific. So um, after other people were asking for the recipe, I thought I would share it with all of our listeners. Oh, that's amazing. I, I used to eat more vegan things and I, I, I agree. It's hard to pull off, especially vegan cake. That's very, very difficult. So when you find a good one, this is the keeper. <laughs> yes. It's worth passing around. <laughs> um, so this week I am suggesting an online shop called Lulu's. So it goes with our theme of the day, which is wedding planning and all of that. So first of all, they just have really pretty dresses that are pretty 
well-priced, I think, but they also have just this whole collection of wedding dresses. And a lot of them are for under a hundred dollars, if that is where you are trying to go. But if you're willing to spend a little bit more, they do have a lot of dresses for a couple of hundred as well. And there's just so pretty. And I was really impressed looking through their wedding collection. And honestly, if I were to do my wedding all over again, I would probably look to Lulu's for my dress. So go ahead and check that out. All right, to wrap up this episode before we go, McKenna, how can listeners get in contact with you and check out what you are up to? You can go right to www.com. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> they can go right to eventsofmckenna.com. I'm a professional wedding planner. I do it all day, every day. And so if you want help planning your wedding, go right to my website. It's very pink. It's very happy. <laughs> Let's put that on over there. You can also find me on Instagram at McKenna Fulmore. Um, I'm very active, probably too active on Instagram. It's kind of an obsession. <laughs> Yes. Everyone who's thinking about planning a wedding, go ahead and check out her website. It is such a pretty website. I've gone there even though I'm not planning a wedding just to look at it. And it's very, very, it's a very nice website. <laughs> very pink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. Also check out my new venture, Eden and Me, plant-based eating made simple at edenandme.com. Wonderful. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every single week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.